Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. What up, 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 no, no, mm-mm, hey guys, it's Nick. How you guys doing, huh? You, you ready to have some fun? I'm ready to have some fun. We we are what is today? June third, June thirtieth, June thirtieth. Really, really, twenty twenty one. We you just gonna drop half a year like that? Just creep up on a mother? I don't know what I just said, but really, it 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 it's June thirtieth. My oh my, how time flies when things get back to normal, to some degree, right? Right. Um, you know, last week I said I would uh, have a review of Fast and Furious Nine for you today. Well, unfortunately, things happened, and uh, I didn't get to see the movie. So I'm just gonna lay it out there now that. Uh, not gonna have a review of Fast and Furious till next week, so sorry about that. Um, I know you don't come here for just my movie reviews. You come here for me to give ridiculous, outrageous opinions on things in the nerd world, and you know, Fast and Furious is only a small portion of that. So, uh, welcome back. If uh, you've been listening for a while, welcome in if you're new. You know, I, I, my fans are my friends. They're my family. I Sure, I've never met you, possibly. Uh, there's a high chance that I have. But, you know what, all are welcome here. There's, there is no shortage of, of appreciation from me. And, and, uh, like I said, welcome. And why don't we just, you know, get right to it, shall we? Because there's there's no point in hanging around, wasting time. You, you feel me? You feel me? Let, let's just jump right in, because there's some really interesting things I want to talk about today that are uh, a little frustrating in, in, in some regards, and... We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Like I said, it's it's. There's some things just going on in the world that are just dumb, just really dumb, and I want to talk about it because I want to vent about it, and this is the place for me to do it. So w- without further ado, right? Without further ado, let's get right into it, shall we? You know, like the TikTok thing, into the thick of it. Wherever that came from. I probably did that way over the top. But hey, hope you're not sweating. Let's get to... um, Yeah, I failed on that joke. Anyway, I'm not a comedian. Alright, I am not a comedian. Let's get into it. Okay, so, gaming, right? Oh, sorry about that clap if it blew out your eardrums. Anyway, hey, Halo Infinite launches later this fall, right? This holiday. Still don't have a release date, which sucks. Uh, Phil Spencer did say they narrowed it down to a few weeks, whatever that means. 
Unfortunately, it's probably not going to be on the 20th anniversary, which sucks. But they don't want to compete with Forza. But hey, they did confirm on Inside Infinite, which is a semi-monthly series on Halo Waypoint where they pretty much update you on the status of the game. They did confirm last week that Halo Infinite's first multiplayer season will revolve, not resolve, revolve around Halo Reach. Uh, of course, Halo Reach came out in 2010, so it's not exactly the 10th anniversary of that. Uh, what this means, we're not exactly sure. Um, some people think it means maybe some skins related to Halo Reach, maybe some helmets, maybe some, some gun skins, maybe some, you know, new customization options. You know, they, they announced you can have prosthetics, so maybe you can get Cat's arm, um, uh, was she Noble 2, Noble 3? Maybe you can get some, some Jorge armor, which I am all for. So, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. The first season of Halo Infinite multiplayer will be revolved around Halo Reach. And if you think my Halo Infinite coverage is going to slow down, you got another thing coming, Buck. We don't mess around here, Jack, because this is a Halo house. And... I want to hear no smack or back talk, bucko, chief, buddy. No, I'm kidding. No. Halo Infinite is just, we're going to talk a lot about it in the next couple months. I can promise you that. So if you don't want to be around for that, too bad, because we're talking about it. <laughs> um... And uh, speaking of franchises that have been around for quite a while, don't hold your breath for that Mass Effect movie, because we finally know what happened to it. Uh, it's dead. And the reasoning for it makes a hell of a lot of sense, because, you know, how do you fit a story like Mass Effect into two hours, right? And... Uh, in an interview with Business Insider, uh, Mac Wal Walters, uh, the project director for the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, um, you know, he also worked on the original Mass Effect trilogy, uh, he said, quote, It felt like we were always fighting the IP. What story are we going to tell in 90 to 120 minutes? Are we going to do it justice? It never picked up again, at, or unquote, right? Um... I mean, they tried doing it since 2010. He said also, quote, If you're going to tell a story that's fleshed out as Mass Effect, TV is the way to do it. When we build out a Mass Effect game, we have a backbone or an overall story that we want to tell. But each level or mission is like its own TV episode. It doesn't get written ahead of time. It, it gets written at the time that we get to it. So it gets added to the main story, and sometimes the main story gets adjusted because we did something really cool in that episode. So long-form storytelling is a great place for game franchises, unquote. And, you know, that makes a hell of a lot more sense than anything. I would totally take a Mass Effect TV show. Hell, the first game take took almost 30-plus hours to beat. How are you going to tell a 30-hour fucking story in two hours? You can't. You can't. You can't introduce characters the right way and make people care about them. Like you do in, in the in the Mass Effect story. Like, if you make a movie and you just kind of throw, like, Rex and Garrison shit in, people would be like, fuck those guys, right? 
You want a story that builds it, fleshes it out. You want an hour to each character, if anything. So, A, that movie's budget would probably just balloon out of control, right? So you need to have, like, a TV show, which, again, might get really expensive, um, like Game of Thrones or this Halo show level. But I I could see... Garrus is really the main person that you would have to... Um, you know, do CGI for. Because Rex, you could totally do an animatronic for. Tali is just practically a person with, like, a mask on, right? The rest are human. Um, I'm trying to think of the first game. But no, there, there's not a whole lot of, of... I mean, you probably could do Garrus. It, it would just... It would be a hell of a lot like the Predator mask, though. Just the way... Because the way they're... Turian mouth smooth and the first game doesn't have a whole lot of uh fancy aliens the geth you could probably just do as animatronic people in suits but i don't know that can get costly too but yeah don't uh don't expect a mass effect uh on tv or film anytime soon um just because it's a it's a hard thing to adapt but that's fine because it's near perfect in video game form. Um, starting uh, next month or tomorrow, I don't know if it's tomorrow exactly, but at least July, uh, you will finally be able to uh, play as the same heroes in a match of Marvel's Avengers. Uh, Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics have announced that if you uh, are going to be playing online with people, if you all want to be Iron Man on a mission, you can all be Iron Man. There are no more restrictions on playing as certain heroes. Will that save the game? Probably not. <laughs> um, so, uh, Blizzard has been talking a lot about, you know, Overwatch 2 as of late. Um, we still don't have a release date or anything like that. But, essentially, uh, Blizzard has announced that... Um, the, the Overwatch development team participated in a Reddit AMA. And someone asked if the game is still coming to Switch. And the technical director for the game, John LaFleur, uh, said that uh, the current Switch, in regards to the current model Switch that is out, that, quote, more challenging than some. Uh, and there will be, quote, some compromises to get the game running. Um, his exact full quote was this. And uh, it says, quote, as hardware has advanced since the launch of Overwatch, we are extending the OW2 engine with more high-end features. However, we're also working hard to make sure all of our platforms get the best experience, even in PvE. Switch is a little more challenging than some, and we'll have to make some compromises there. For that reason, some of the higher-end visual enhancements might not be visible there. We'll focus on making sure all of the gameplay-related features get in, first, and then accentuate with additional features as much as possible, unquote. So, uh, I don't know how many of y'all were planning on getting Overwatch on Switch. I doubt it was many. So, uh, yeah, probably don't buy it on Switch. How about that? Uh, granted, I wouldn't buy a game like that on Switch if I, unless I was like a child, and that's all I had. So... Again, it's most people are probably going to be playing that on a PC or console. That's not Nintendo. 
Uh, moving over to studio acquisitions, uh, Sony announced the acquisition of House Mar- Marquee. Uh, they are sens- they are the makers of Returnal um, and some other great games. I actually was looking into them. I own um, a couple games that that they've made. Um, obviously, Returnal's not one of them. It came out before I got my my PS Five. Um, but they have been purchased by Sony and have become a uh, first-party studio, essentially. Um, they have also worked on um, uh, Matterfall was one of their games. Uh, Next Machina, I haven't essentially heard of that. Um, they did some of the the say they did a lot of mobile games as well. Um, and one game you might have played, I got this. I don't remember how long ago on Xbox called Outland. Uh, it was this cool hack and slash game where you kind of like switch between dimensions. I always thought that was a fun game. Um, and then of course, you know, uh, Returnal being their their most recent game. Um, and while that was being announced, uh, Sony Japan put out like an announcement that they had also acquired Blue Point Games. This has yet to be confirmed, um, but. Uh, uh, if you don't know Blue Point, Blue Point is, of course, most famous right now for making uh, Demon Souls, the remake of Demon Souls for uh, with Japan Studio for the PlayStation Five. Um, they also did the Shadow of Colossus remake. They did the Uncharted Nathan Drake collection. Um, uh, they worked on the Titanfall 360 port. Uh, they did the Metal Gear Solid HD collection. So it almost nine. Uh, most of their games, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 10 out of 11 games are, are ports or remasters of, of games. And, uh, most of them, uh, so nine out of those 11 were on PlayStation platforms. The only games that went to Xbox 360 were the, uh, Metal Gear Solid HD collection and the Titanfall uh, port, because remember, the original Titanfall was an Xbox exclusive. Um, but if Sony picks them up, no no surprise there. Uh, hopefully, they've proven their worth to make more games, uh, or maybe Sony gobbled them up just to be a uh, remake or remaster studio. Who knows? I don't see why a first party would want to own a studio like that. Um, but hey, more power to them. Uh, props to Sony, you know, they, they do, uh, they just closed Japan studio pretty much. Um, it makes sense. It really does. And what's funny is because of this, um, people think that maybe Sony's in like some kind of, uh, like an arms race. So Herman Holst, uh, who is the head of PlayStation studios, um, Went, was being interviewed by British GQ and, you know, mainly because Microsoft's been buying up studios too, um, he made a comment about a bit of an arms race, or some people have said it, it's a bit of an arms race, and he said no. Um, he said, quote, we're very selective about the developers that we bring in. Our last new acquisition was Insomniac, which has worked out very well. I'm always looking for people that have a similar set of values, similar creation, creative ambitions, and work very well with our team that we can further invest in and help grow as creators. It's not like we're going around and just making random acquisitions. They're very, very targeted acquisitions of teams that we know well. 
The amount of collaboration between our external development group and house marquee on the technical side, the production management side, and even on the creative side has been so deep. So for us, it just makes so much sense to do that. Um, unquote. Which makes sense. Um, of course, Sony's not going to go thrown around billions of dollars. They don't really have that kind of money. Um, they do, but not in like capital or cash that Microsoft... I mean, Microsoft's a trillion dollar co company, right? So... To, to think that Sony can make an acquisition similar to the scale of Bethesda, it, it's just, it's not, it's fee, it's not feasible, right? Um, and I, I get buying up studios that you're familiar with, that you partner with a lot. Like, most of Insomniac's games have been on PlayStation platforms. Look at House Marquee. Um, look at Bluepoint, you know. Um, when you look at studios that Microsoft has bought up. They bought up companies that were known for PC games or companies that were known for being more Xbox friendly. When when you think when you think Bethesda was a multi-platform, no, if you think back to the first time a Elder Scrolls game was on console, it was an Xbox exclusive and that was uh, Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind. So, and like let's be honest, Todd Howard jerks off Microsoft more than anyone at E3 every year. Like it's whatever, man. I I don't care. I don't I'm not a Bethesda butt boy. Like I don't like I play games that are made by Bethesda Studios, but I don't I don't jerk off like Fallout and Sky like Skyrim like some people. Like to be honest, I've never even really played an Elder Scrolls game. Maybe like uh, like an hour or two of Oblivion what was that four back on the 360, uh, and then or was that five? I don't know. Oblivion Oblivion was four because um, Skyrim was five, and then uh, I tried Fallout Three and I did not like it. So like those games are not for me. I'm gonna try. Don't get me wrong. I'll I'll give Starfield a chance. I like more sci-fi stuff than than. Um, you know, fantasy and, and like, alternate future shit. Um, but it, it's just... I, I think it's smart, the moves Sony makes, right? Microsoft makes smart moves, Sony makes smart moves. Now, how this pans out will be interesting. Um, you know, Phil Spencer was, was, was on a, uh, a podcast on Locked on IGN this week, and he talks about how uh, it's almost like filling voids, filling gaps, right? Here's my question, though. Is Sony filling gaps by purchasing um, House Marquee, by purchasing, I might be saying that wrong, too, by purchasing Bluepoint, right? Are they filling a, a, a need? Are they filling a gap? Um, now, we don't know. We don't know that for sure. So, and we don't know what they could have in the works. Now, I really hope, and and my only concern with Bluepoint is all these rumors that have been flying around lately about bringing more ports or remasters to the PlayStation 5 and or possibly working on on things that don't need to be done, right? And I hope they didn't buy Bluepoint to do more remasters. Like that is not that is not a great way to start off a gen console generation, right? And and I get it. People love Demon Souls and I get that the remaster was was due. Well, that 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 in itself presents a problem. If games are so great, do they really need a remaster for the 10th anniversary or things like that? I get why they did it with Halo and Halo 2, right? 
we didn't get a Halo 3 anniversary. It's like, it's cool to see that stuff in a new engine or new shiny paint. But but at the same time, I, I don't know. Because I've bought a lot of remasters lately or remakes or whatever you want to call them. And I get it. Because it's like, you might not be able to play some of those games anymore. Like, how it might be hard to find a PlayStation to play, to play OG Crash and, and Spyro, right? It, it, it might be hard to uh, play some of these games. But it's not hard to find a PS3. It's not f hard to, to have a copy of Halo and, and throw it in in your Xbox, right? I mean, technically, you don't even need that because it's on the Master Chief Collection. So it, 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 it's, it, it's a little different when there's games. Did we need Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered? No. Did we need Call of Duty 2 or Call of, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Remastered? No. Now, I'm all for, like, reboots um, for certain games. Like, the, the Modern Warfare reboot was amazing. I mean, look, everyone was playing Warzone last year. Um, now, uh, do I want a reboot of Halo? No, because they're still telling that story. It's not an insular story like Call of Duty, right? Um, I mean, the the modern war the original Modern Warfare story kind of ran its course. Um, and, and, and that is a ripe for a reboot. So it, it 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 when when certain games go into a certain level of lore, it's hard to reboot, right? Because then you start alienating a, a large portion of your fan base. And I know we're going on some weird tangent that had nothing to do with what we originally talked about, but like I said, let let's go back then, right? Let's fill, kill that conversation, but. Are, are Is Sony filling a gap that they need to fill? And that's my question. We don't know yet. We really don't know. Because we don't know what House Marquee or Bluepoint are going to do for them. We don't even know if Bluepoint was officially purchased or not. That has yet to be made official. So there, there's, there's a lot of questions up in the air. And uh, uh, I'm sure they will be answered in, in, in due time. Uh, but it's interesting to see, as as rumors are now swirling, that Microsoft may announce another uh, acquisition soon as well. Uh, today, or was it yesterday? Yesterday was announced that Control uh, and Remedy, uh, Remedy has announced, I should say, that Control will be getting a new multiplayer spinoff that is currently in the works, uh, and that more games in the Control universe are in the works. Um it was uh, a financial and commercial success for them, uh, and critical success, I should say, for, for Remedy, which means they are willing to make more games in that universe, and, and they have the capital and things like that to do it, so I, more power to them. I have not disliked a Remedy game, like, ever. Uh, I have not played a lot of the first and second um, Max Payne films, uh, or films, uh, games, but I know they're really good. Uh, I loved Alan Wake. Quantum Break was really fun. Uh, I didn't finish Control, but honestly, it was one of my favorite games that year. And uh, yeah, so more Control. I'm, I'm, I'm for it, as long as we get more Alan Wake 2. Alan Wake 2. More Alan Wake 2. Uh, hey, look look at me playing with words. Ha ha, funny. God, I'm an idiot. Uh so, uh, <laughs> we're already talking about Todd Howard today. Uh, well, we're, we're talking about him again. 
And uh, this is in regards to, you know, Machine Games is making an Indiana, in, an Indiana Jones game. A lot of fun words there. Well, Todd was being interviewed, uh, and it, it happened to be about the new Indiana Jones game, because he is working with Machine Games on it. And it was, uh, let me see, who is he interviewing with? Um, he was t speaking of the Telegraph UK of all things, uh, and and he's just really excited. Uh, it says he, and here's funny that he's been working on the, trying to get this game made for a long time. He says, "quote I think I originally pitched to to Lucas in 2009, and I've been trying to find a way to make that since." Um, <laughs> he said, "quote I think he the work." Machine Games have done, they're just phenomenal developers and storytellers. And when I started talking to them about it, it was a good fit, unquote. Um, Machine Games, of course, is known for making the uh, uh, remake of, or reboot of Wolfenstein, the Wolfenstein games. Um, and just talking about how much he's happy um, to work with them and for Machine Games to be finally doing an Indiana Jones game. Um, and Todd, in the same interview, was of course asked about the next game in the Elder Scrolls series. Um, and in regards to when it should be out. And he did say, quote, It's good to think of the Elder Scrolls 6 as still being in a design phase. But we're checking the tech. Is it going to handle the things we want to do in that game? Every game will have some new suites of technology. So Elder Scrolls 6 will have some additions to Creation Engine 2. That game is going to require, unquote. Um, he also uh, went on to say uh, that they are using elements of Starfield, which is Creation Engine 2. And uh, essentially how they're, they're just working on it. So don't expect... Elder Scrolls 6 in the next year or two, because, I mean, the man's trying to finish up Starfield. So just keep your expectations at bay. We also got news that Diablo 4 will have fully customizable characters and armor, which is a first for the series, as it was always kind of pre-rendered and uh, stuff, depending on the type of character and, and class and everything like that. So, so that's a first for the series. Hopefully that gets more people excited. And then before we do our final talk about about video games today, I, I want to talk about, uh, I just want to mention the Games with Gold and PlayStation Plus games, which it's rare that they both get announced on the same day. Uh, over on Xbox Live Gold, Games with Gold, uh, Project Alpha and Rock of Ages 3 are the two uh, Xbox One games, and backwards compatible, of course, on, on uh, Series X and S. And then the two backwards compatible games that are part of it are Midway Arcade and Conquer Live and Reloaded. Uh, so those are the games coming to Xbox One, Xbox Series S, and Series X. And then on PSN Plus, if you have a play, uh, PlayStation 5, you can get A Plague Tale Innocence, the new PS5 version. Uh, the sequel was announced, of course, last uh, two weeks ago at E3. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 4 on PS4 and, and PS5. And WWE 2K Battlegrounds on PS4 and PS5. Those are your PSN Plus games for the month of July. And our final bit of news for for gaming is something that I do not like. I do not agree with. I am not surprised at and honestly not surprised at, at who's involved. 
Uh, and a, a company uh, ha that is called, uh, let me see, uh, it's called Player One, and that's uh, W-O-N. Um, it's a platform, or the, the platform's called Player One, uh, the, created by advertising company Simul Media. Uh, and they have signed deals with EA and Smite developer High res Studios to introduce a way to have full-on adver ad uh, advertisements between 15 or 30 seconds um, for perks and in-game items. This is fucking ridiculous. This this is this is mobile game bullshit, right? I don't want this in my fucking console games. People do not pay seventy dollars, sixty dollars for a game for to have fucking ads in it. Okay, we we pay that price. So that it's not free, so that there aren't microtransactions, so there aren't fucking ads. Nobody wants to watch a fucking ad in a game. Sometimes I will pay for a mobile game just so I don't have to deal with the fucking ads anymore. It's annoying. So apparently they did research, apparently... They did research that shows that players are willing to watch up to 10 adverts a day to get free perks or exclusives. I don't fucking buy that for one fucking second. This this is this is out of control, man. EA doesn't fucking need that shit. I I don't I don't want in-game advertising on console games. People don't want it on PC games. This is fucking ridiculous. And it just opens the door for more bloatware to be in in FIFA and Madden and MOBAs and MMOs and free-to-play games. Like, no, get the fuck out of here, dude. This is the gaming industry moving in the wrong fucking direction. That, that, that's a, it's fucking atrocious. It, it, it sickens me. It sickens me that they're going to put ads in games and makes me almost never want to buy a FIFA. Well, I don't really buy FIFA, but it makes me never want to buy a fucking Madden game, to be honest. It's fucking disgusting. And it's horrid. Stupid. Fucking stupid. Uh, moving on. Uh, let's talk about TV for a bit. Uh... In a cameo appearance, yes, cameo appearance of all things, uh, Tom Welling, uh, known as uh, you know Superman in Smallville, uh, Clark Kent, announced that him and uh, 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 why can't I think of his name? Um, Michael Rosenbaum uh, are apparently working on a, a animated Smallville sequel with both of them returning. As Clark Kent and and Lex Luthor, respectively, um, he he essentially joked like, uh, "Shh, can't tell anyone. You can't do that on a cameo. Everyone's gonna fucking share that shit." But yes, a animated Smallville sequel with Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum is currently in the works. No word yet on distribution or where it will be, but it is something that is definitely coming out. 
Um, moving on. Uh, God, another DC show head to HBO Max about a character nobody cares about. I'm not even going to talk. waste my time talking about that. Um, the Halo show, uh, which is coming to Paramount Plus early next year, uh, has lost a showrunner. And it looks like... Um, luckily, we're not losing it him before Season 1 wraps. Uh, but we will be losing them uh, before... Uh, season two starts, unfortunately, and I, I get it. You know, he he made uh, uh, a legit decision to do so, and uh, so both of its showrunners are gone. Uh, this is per Variety. Kyle Killen, uh, he left the project already, and Stephen Kane is going to leave once it's finished. Apparently, Killen departed the show last year before production started. Um, he, he left because he was unable, he felt he was unable to work on the series. That's legit. It's not over creative differences or anything. So that, that's good. Um, he didn't want to be able to, he didn't feel like he could devote enough time. I'm okay with that because showrunners who can't give their time are not good showrunners at all. And um, if the show is picked up for a second season, um, let me see, Stephen Kane will also depart. Uh, he said he's tired of living uh, away from his family and friends and stuff in Budapest, where he's been for the last two years to to film and and get the show made. Especially since the pandemic put a a pin in production for quite a while. And I I respect him though for at least sticking it out till it's finished and releases. Um, it sucks that this is happening. Hopefully that doesn't delay the, the start of, of a second season if it does get renewed. I, I'm guessing Paramount and CBS uh, already have someone in the in the works or in line to take over. Um, but I'm very excited to see the Halo show when it launches early next year. Uh, they, they announced it back in 2013 um, at the launch of the Xbox One when it was going to be a show on Xbox itself when they were going to be like a media thing and everybody lost their damn minds even though consoles have turned into media hubs and centers for just about everyone huh what sorry um got lost in a little bit of nostalgia there and um a lot of uh websites have been putting out like clickbaity articles about it so just just be be careful just don't believe all that this don't read too much into things without reading the actual articles about it um Speaking of which, here's a clickbaity article. Uh, apparently, no one knows when the Lord of the Rings show will finish filming its season one. And this is per the star of the show, um, Benjamin Walker. And he was asked about it, and he said, quote, It's a bit nebulous at this point. We've been here a long time, and they'll let us go when they're done with us, unquote. <laughs> like, what? That's wild. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get COVID put like a stop to a lot of things, but like, they don't have like an idea of when they'll finish. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Uh, also the head of, uh, the head of HBO and HBO Max has announced that there is, um, only one greenlit Game of Thrones spinoff, and that is uh, House of the Dragon. While they are working on others, none of them have been officially greenlit, so don't get your hopes up yet. Don't get your hopes up just yet, I should say. 
Uh, also today, Marvel announced a new Simpson Marvel-themed Simpsons short that will uh, be coming to Disney Plus, and Tom Hiddleston will be repli- reprising his role as Loki in it. Uh, no word on a date yet. Uh, and I just now I do want to talk about reviews of some episodes before we talk about what's coming to streaming and then movies. Um, so Bad Batch, whoa, full on Cad Bane episode. I almost rage quit the show because I thought they were going to kill Cad Bane for a second. But what it does for Star Wars lore in, is what blows things open. A, we learn that there was a another planet that the Camino and Keminoans had a cloning facility on that they apparently did not use for uh, uh, FET clones. But the biggest thing it opens the door to is now we know Omega is a Generation 1 direct clone of Jango Fett. So she is on the same level of clone as Boba. She is a female clone of Jango Fett. Non-age, now doesn't get aged up. She is ex- pretty much a female version of Boba Fett. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. The, uh, I This blows the doors wide fucking open, people. I am, am shocked. I am very shocked at where this will go and how the rest of the season will play out now and if Omega will make it out alive. Because I don't know anymore. I don't know anymore, and I don't like this reliance on on Fennec Shand. I, whatever I, that I don't care about, but the Omega stuff, whoa, and the the Kaminoans having another planet where they cloned on at one point. I want to see some shit. That's what I want to see. Uh, I know there was a new episode of Loki today, but I do want to talk about last week's episode, and we finally get an idea into to Sylvie. And how she came about and her backstory. Um, there's some really fun moments with her and Loki. Loki gets really down to earth. A, a side of Loki we don't see very often in the in the MCU. Um, Loki apparently has new powers as well as we see him kind of keep a building from falling. Um, but their their chemistry together it plays off really well. Surprisingly, uh, unfortunately, we didn't get a whole lot of Owen Wilson in the episode, but that's okay. But what I'm I'm surprised by is that maybe this story's not going to play out the way we think. And maybe today's episode changes a lot of things. And again, I, I haven't exactly, um, I haven't watched it yet. Uh, but what's crazy is we did get confirmed is that everyone in the TVA is a variant. Which means that maybe Mobius lived in the 90s and really was like a uh, a jet skier which hopefully he maybe gets a jet ski at the, at the end of the show man he he deserves that for sure he definitely deserves a jet ski at the end <laughs> um good episode i'm really digging loki so far and then rick and morty whoa so apparently uh rick created a bunch of decoy families just in case um, someone was going to come and try and kill him. 
Uh, and it turns out all the decoys find <laughs> out about each other. But this opens up a world of possibility, right? So in the previous seasons, we had the Council of Ricks and the Citadel of Ricks and all the different Ricks from all the different dimensions. Well, now on Earth, we have all these different decoy versions of Rick, which I think have now completely been wiped out. Um... Which opens the door to a whole slew of different Ricks. So does that mean every different Rick has a bunch of these different decoy Ricks who made more decoys? So there's Puppet and Wood and all these other kinds of Ricks on these other planets? How many Ricks and Mortys and Summers and Jerrys are there now? Way too many to count. Uh, but we got the return of Space Beth. <laughs> uh, but this was a really interesting episode. Plays with like the idea of of are, are we real? Are we decoys? Are we living in a simulation? Very, very, very interesting deep stuff. Always out of Rick and Morty, though. Always deep. Always deep, touching on different interesting things. Um, can't wait for next week's episode where they're making fun of Captain Planet. Uh, but that is it for TV. Um, let's talk about what's coming to streaming, because we do have a new month starting tomorrow. Uh, on Netflix, uh, yes, Yes, you're you're hearing me right. There is a Dynasty Warriors movie coming to Netflix tomorrow. And yes, it's that Dynasty Warriors. Yes, it is a movie based on the Dynasty Warriors film, which is based off the, the Three Kingdoms uh, poems from, from ancient China. So I cannot fucking wait to watch Lu Bu and the boys wreck shit up this weekend. Uh, all three Austin Powers movies, a new Mobile Suit Gundam, uh, the 1995 Mortal Kombat, uh, Air Force One, Get Off My Plane, Terminator 2, uh, Kung Fu Panda, uh, their new Netflix original Fear Street trilogy, which is like a horror anthology series. Uh, it's getting really good reviews. Uh, Gunpowder Milkshake later in the month with just the Karen Gillan uh, starring feature that's almost like John Wick. Uh, the new Masters of the Universe cartoon. Uh, about He-Man from Kevin Smith, which is a sequel to the original He-Man. Uh, and then, of course, later in the month is the final uh, series in the, the Transformers War for Cybertron series, uh, War for Cybertron Kingdom, which is perfect timing because that will incorporate the, the Beast Wars teams ahead of the um, Beast Wars Transformers film that will come next year. On Hulu, we're getting Beetlejuice... Uh, Dumb and Dumber, the original Space Jam, Big Fish, which is a, a movie starring Ewan McGregor, uh, directed by Tim Burton. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, Fargo, don't you know? Uh, Super Troopers, Galaxy Quest, Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, Caddyshack 1 and 2, Robocop 1 through 3, but who cares about Robocop 3? Uh, Bill and Ted 3, or Bill and Ted Face the Music. Um, and then Reno 911 Miami the movie, which is hilarious if you've never seen it. And then uh, over on Disney Plus, of course, we'll get the rest of Loki and the Bad Batch. Uh, the Sandlot is being added this month. A new documentary about stuntmen. Uh, the new Disney Plus series Monsters at Work, which is uh, Mon uh, Monsters, Inc. And then both Black Widow and Jungle Cruise are coming in Disney Plus premiere access. Uh, if you don't want to go watch them in the theaters. So those will both be on Disney Plus this month. Uh, that's it for streaming. Or at least what I think is interesting coming to streaming. There's a hell of a lot more than what I mentioned coming to all of those streaming platforms. I just wanted to point out what I think is interesting. What I think you guys might like. 
Um, let's talk about movies here. So we did get a new Shang-Chi trailer last week. And yes, you were not mistaken, confirmed by Kevin Feige, that was Abomination fighting Wong in the fighting pits. So this will have a, a, a tie-in with Doctor Strange, it seems like. And then, of course, we have not seen Abomination since The Incredible Hulk, which was a Phase 1 movie that came out way back in 2008. That's very interesting, for sure. Uh, the Snyder Cut is getting a Blu-ray re release later this September, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, Adam McKay says, no, the Nightwing movie is not cancelled. Uh, at least he's never been told if it was. <laughs> Uh, Dune has been delayed three weeks to October 22nd, so luckily not too much longer, just a three-week delay. Uh, Patty Jenkins has announced who will be writing uh, her Rogue Squadron movie, and it will be written by Matthew Robinson, um, who you might not recognize the name. He doesn't have a whole lot of films under his belt, um, but... Uh, you might have seen some of them. He did write The Invention of Lying with Ricky Gervais. Um, he did write the movie Monster Trucks. Jesus Christ. Uh, Door in the Lost City of Gold, Love and Monsters. Um, nothing, nothing major. Um, and now he'll be writing Rogue Squadron. I hope, I hope, uh, he knows what the fuck he's doing. Um... Oh, and he wrote a movie called Love and Monsters. What is this movie? Dylan O'Brien came out last year. And... Jessica Henwick, damn you. I kind of want to watch this movie because... Michael Rooker? This movie is a 93 on Rotten Tomatoes. That's a movie that's worth watching. Okay, so it's Fandango now on Apple TV. Let me see. Gonna want to watch this movie. I like Dylan O'Brien. So. Nominated for an Academy Award for Best Visual Effects. Alright. I need to watch this movie. I need to find where to watch this movie. Because I don't have Apple TV. I'm not really feeling like I want to pay for it. Um, okay, then. Interesting. Gonna have to check that out. Anyway, um, okay, so if he wrote that, then then uh, I'm excited to see what he does with Rogue Squadron. Hopefully he stays true to the original stories there, or to some degree. And uh, like I said, unfortunately I did not get to see Fast 9, but they did not need me. Fast 9 cruised to a $70 million opening with a $400 million worldwide opening. Movies are back, baby. Movies are fucking back. And that's one sign that things are getting kind of back to normal if movie theaters can bring in that much money. It is the largest opening weekend since 2019, uh, which was The Rise of Skywalker, funnily enough. So Fast, Fast 9 earns $70 million at the box office. Uh, let's see what they are up to. I hate box office mojo nowadays. I have not used it in over a year since they made their stupid change. Um, yeah, so Fast 9. Uh, it is currently... Okay, so that was opening. As of right now, 
They have made $83 million. That's good. That's good. Um, let me see worldwide. I don't think I can see worldwide. Interesting. Oh, worldwide, $418 million. That's good. That's really good. I'm glad to see that. It's uh, been a while since we've seen a movie make that uh, make that kind of money. You know, the pandemic, of course, changed everything. What the hell is this movie making $822 million? What the fuck? This movie made how much in China? The movie's made almost a billion dollars in China. And it's a movie I've never even heard of. Movies are just making a billion dollars nowadays. Well, that sucks. Godzilla vs. Kong. Damn, Fast Nine's gonna outpace Godzilla vs. Kong this weekend, probably. Shit. It happens. That's wild. But hey, I mean, Godzilla vs. Kong was mostly on TV. Movie theaters haven't really opened yet, so I get it. I get it. Hopefully... Uh, I don't know what the budget was on that film, but... You know... Hopefully it doesn't affect the future of the MonsterVerse. I don't think so, to be honest. But... Yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on with the box office right now. That's surprising, but good, good. I'm happy. I'm happy. That means things are getting back to normal. Um, we got uh, so right after it was announced that that uh, the the Maximals and the Predacons would be in the next Transformers movie, we now know who will be voicing Optimus Primal in Transformers Seven: Rise of the Beasts or whatever the hell it's called, and it will be none other than Ron Perlman. Hellboy himself will be voicing Optimus Primal against Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime, and and I could not be more happy for the announcement for that movie. I think Ron Perlman will kill it as Optimus Primal. I think he's probably the best person for that. Uh, and that was from Collider. Um, we got a trailer for Clifford the Big Red Dog movie. Yeah, that's that's all I'm going to say. Because, uh, nope, mm-mm, bye, thanks for coming. Um, and then Black Panther 2 and Aquaman 2 have both started production, as those movies are slated for release next year. And final bit of movie news, which technically isn't movie news. Um, before I get to that, just, hey, Windows 11 was announced. Uh, it will be out next year for free upgrade. So be on the lookout for that in uh, the next few months. Um, but what I do want to talk about is related to Star Wars. And it has to do with, uh, so Lego had a convention last week and they announced a bunch of new Mandalorian sets. Uh, one of which, which, um, everyone would think would be Slave One is being called, uh, Boba Fett's Starship. Now, uh, apparently this is not from Lego. This is not something Lego decided to do. This is straight from Disney. And what, what's been concerning is Disney's been kind of flip-flopping on, on the name Slave One as of late. And I, for one, look, I get 
trying to right previous wrongs. I understand making people aware of how things were different in the past. But when it comes to a fictional world that has no similarities to the one we currently inhibit, I do not understand why things need to be changed. Right? Um, so Jedi News spoke with the Lego designers of, of this model of the ship, which is the smallest slave one, because um, I have the UCS set, and I'm guessing it's a lot smaller because it's a $60 set. Uh, Jens Kronvold Fredriksen and Michael Lee Stockwell, um, and they confirmed that the, the changes were requested directly by Disney. They said, quote, everybody is. It's probably not something which has been announced publicly, but it is something that Disney want, doesn't want to use anymore, unquote. And it, it, it's interesting that they maybe don't want to use the word slave anymore, which I get it. But, like, I mean, we there's a product at my company that we used to call a, a slave board, and um, we're calling it now auxiliary board just because, you know, for obvious, <laughs> obvious reasons. There's no, we never officially called it a slave board. It was just a, a moniker that we used you know, uh, among the team and things like that, um, and engineers. Um, but obviously, uh, doesn't really, uh, make sense anymore. It's not offensive, but it's like, we don't really need to call it that anymore. Right. But I, I get it. I a hundred percent get it, but, but, um, it, it's, it's interesting that, I, I hope it's mainly some people, and I see this in comments. Like we hope that it's mainly just for for toys, um, but I. So what are we gonna say? Anakin wasn't a, a slave anymore. Like I I don't I don't understand what they're doing. But the other thing is weird is there's other toys. Granted, these ones are more marketed for adults that still say slave one. There's other things that say Boba Fett's Starship. Like, if you go to StarWars.com and go to their databank, it says, um, it says Boba Fett's Starship in the, in the, um, uh, I can't talk today, in the, in the, uh, address bar. But on the databank page itself, it says, um, it does say, uh, Slave 1. And like I said, there's other toys that say Boba Fett Starship. There's toys that say um, Slave One. So it's 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 interesting. And apparently, this has been kind of in the works for quite a while with Disney. And it's one thing I'm not okay with, right? Like I'm not woke. I'm not anti woke. I'm not this or that. I understand both sides, right? And I know some sides are fucking morons when it comes to how they approach certain things. I'm just, I, to me, this is weird. It doesn't make any sense, right? It's it just, <clears throat> of all things, I, I just, of all things to change, like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, so, it, it's, it's strange to me. And, it just doesn't make any sense, right? Um, I mean, I get like they didn't—they don't call Slave Leia Slave Leia anymore, right? They call it uh, Hut Slayer now. Whatever people are still going to call it Slave Leia, 
which there's a whole other issue with that that I 1000% understand, right? But I I don't I don't know. It it's it's very interesting. It's very interesting to see that them doing that. But then there's tops cards that say Slave 1. There's toys that say Slave 1. There's other things that say Boba Fett Starship. It's like pick one, stick with it. And have a legitimate reason to change the name. Don't go all mamby-pamby, right? So, I don't know, man. I don't know. And it's very interesting, for sure. And I'm very, very, very concerned about where things go. Because when you start changing Star Wars, you start drawing the ire of fans. And Disney needs to... Be a little careful with where they go because they're already, people already make outrageous complaints and demands on Disney and you don't want to alienate even more of the fan base if you don't have to. And I'm not saying it's alienating me. It's not. I don't really, I, at the end of the day, I don't really give a fuck. I don't give a flying fuck. But at the same time, I'm like, this is fucking stupid. Why are you doing this? And I have to talk about it because other people are like, what's going on? Why is this a thing? It's like, I think it's fucking stupid. Does it affect me and in my everyday life? No. But is it something I'm going to talk about because I think it's fucking stupid? Yes. Do I get why they might have done it? Yes. Do I agree with it? Not necessarily. Do I think it will alienate and piss off a lot of people they don't really need to piss off? A thousand percent. Are a lot of jackasses and morons going to rally behind it for stupid-ass reasons? Even more so. Do I think those people are morons? Yes. Do I think what they're doing is smart? No. Is anyone making right decisions or choices around this? Not really. And with that, I bid you adieu. Thank you guys for listening. As always, check out nixnerdnews.com where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Or you can find links to our Spotify, Google Podcast, or Apple Podcast pages. Yes, we are on Google Podcasts. Yes, we are on Apple Podcasts. Yes, we are on Spotify. Also, while you're there, check out our social media tab. You can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram feeds. We post a lot of fun memes for you guys to check out. Or just search Nick's Nerd News on your preferred streaming service of choice. Streaming service. Social media platform of choice. And with that, I will catch you guys on the flip side.